Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Good fellas, more like bad fellas. These guys, well, they're not nice. Hello, and welcome to Little Marty, the only podcast dedicated to covering uh, Adam Sandler and Martin Scorsese. My name is Eric Halloween. And my name is Jeremy the Butcher. Welcome to the big show. Eric, this is a big one, No. Big ol' episode. Hey, Jeremy, real quick, would you mind uh, stirring the sauce for a bit? My arm is getting tired. Yeah, absolutely. Let me come take over for you for a little bit. And Eric, we should keep this bit going the whole episode. Just constantly take turns stirring the sauce while we talk about this movie. I'm going to add, like, stirring noises throughout the entire episode, Mm -hmm. like simmering noises, and also the occasional, like, sound of of a man tasting a uh, sauce from a spoon yes like slurping really loudly yeah ideal yeah, yeah i'm gonna go and do some foley work at a uh, <laughs> at like a, a soup um, plantation <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> That's anyway good. you know what's cool jeremy and this is something that is gonna be fun for me to do yes uh so remember how like two weeks ago we were about to record and I told you that the uh, all of my files for this podcast disappeared. Oh right from my computer. Right. So I managed I managed to salvage pretty much everything uh, except for the document in which we recorded all of our scores. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and. Uh, Probably listen to the end of every episode and and, and, and put those back together. <laughs> so. Perfect, perfect. That's or you know maybe we could news. do a Patreon episode where we we just go through and rescore everything. Yeah, we nah, could do I'll that. go back and listen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever makes it easier on you. Um. Anyway, Jeremy. Uh. You know all this talk about sauce had me wondering. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if Jeremy had a signature sauce. Yes. And please don't go, don't get gross with this, my man. What would be in a, what would be in Jeremy's sauce? Like the ingredients or like what kind of sauce would it be? Uh, the ingredients. Hold on, hold on, Eric. We got to pause. There's a dog, uh, there's a dog, um, uh, emergency. Okay. Lily. I'm just gonna vamp while 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 Jeremy uh, attends to his pooch. Uh, hopefully everything's okay over there. Hopefully the dog does not get into the sauce. That's the last thing you want to find in a uh, in a bite of sauce is a uh, a hair, specifically from a uh, a canine. And we're live, WKPAG Studios. Um, hey, uh, okay, what's in my sauce? Are you talking ingredients mm. or the type of sauce? Like, do you want like, like ingredients? Oh, okay, uh, definitely pepper, garlic, basil. Okay. Uh, probably some sort of like hot pepper, you know, mm. like for some spice. Like a ghost pepper. Yeah, maybe like a ghost pepper, and uh, yeah, tomatoes, obviously. And, uh, yeah, some red wine. What's in your sauce? What's in your wallet? (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, water. (laughs) Got to get that stuff nice nice and liquidy. Uh, Probably some oil, a bunch of garlic. Yeah. Are you an onion man? Not peeled. <laughs> okay, good. Just raw just raw uh completely covered in skins garlic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same same thing with the onions. Great, great, uh, great. of course cayenne pepper. Of course. Uh, uh a little bit of milk. Yeah. Cream. Buffalo wings. Buffalo yes. <laughs> a few buffalo wings. <laughs> and just a whole uh hmm 
pizza. Okay, great. Yeah, just want a whole pizza <laughs> in that sauce, huh? <laughs> sure. Great. Well, and I stir it instead of a ladle. I use a breadstick. Now that's delicious. I can get behind that. That sounds like a, a Olive Garden appetizer. This is what I'm trying to do, Jeremy. Is I know that like Goodfellas, it's one of these film head movies. Mm. You know, you're a film person. You're like, ooh, I love Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go on, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts. I'm gonna yeah. listen to the. I'm gonna listen to intellectuals talk about Goodfellas. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to the boys what, at Little Marty talk about Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm just trying to weed out all those eggheads right away with mm-hmm. these with with this uh you know this this nonsense up top. I yeah. Find. Just so you know, eggheads, this conversation won't be smart or interesting. So back off. Yeah, unless you're looking for a stupid conversation <laughs> about Goodfellas. <laughs> See you later. And on that note, Eric, will you take over for stirring the sauce for me for a bit? My arm is getting a little tired. Yes, both of my arms are currently uh, <laughs> rotating the hmm, La- noodles. Ladle, the ladle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to stick the uh, the big wooden spoon in my mouth and sort of <laughs> circle my neck around like so. Uh, you know, what, er- Eric, I was gonna ask you at the top of this show: Have you ever heard of the movie Goodfellas before? Um. As a matter of fact, I have. <laughs> okay, you had even heard of before it? this, even before this, uh, before we started covering Scorsese, I had heard of it before. Mm. Had you? Um, yeah, uh, definitely had heard about it a lot. In fact, um, seen it maybe twice actually, but realized when I turned it on, I actually hadn't seen it as much as I thought I had. So a lot of this stuff, I was kind of like getting getting for the first time, you know. I consider anything right. I watched before 30 to just did not count. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So Monkey Bone does count. Monkey Bone definitely counts. That is one I'll remember for the rest of my life, um, yeah. especially the amount of times we've watched it. But uh, but yeah, Goodfellas, man. The, uh, people were excited about us covering this m- film. It was all a buzz on Twitter. Really? Yeah. You didn't see all the buzz? Um, no. I'm only kind I, I of kidding. Not, I, like, three people did <laughs> mention that they oh, were excited about us covering okay. Goodfellas. Yeah. Well, the pressure's on because I did little to no research. Did um, you watch it, at least? <laughs> no. Was I supposed to? <laughs> no, you weren't. You're supposed to at least just read the Wikipedia synopsis. Um. So, Jeremy, before we dive in, I mentioned Monkey Bone. We just wrapped... Well, we are wrapping... Soon, the uh, Monkey Bone Vember, which is a, uh, a Monkey Bone themed month on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy. We do, we do all sorts of crazy stuff over there. This month, we're doing a uh, four episodes on Monkey Bone, and we were, we are also uh, releasing our, our, our official commentary <laughs> track to Monkey yeah, Bone. Yeah. And I had a great time with that. I actually would like to, to, to pitch the idea of to the listeners to of potentially, you know, doing more either commentary tracks that you can at your leisure sync up to, to, to the movie that we pick or uh, doing something live, you know, where we goof on a movie on Twitch or something like that. So uh, sound off in the uh, on Twitter. Our, our, our handle is at Hubie Halloween one. Uh, but Jeremy, we, you know, what else do we do over there on the Patreon? Because we we're not just talking monkey bone. No, in fact, we only recently started talking monkey bone. It feels like an eternity, but it's only been a couple weeks. No, we we cover mm. lots of stuff on there. A lot of bonus materials for the whatever we're covering in the main show. So I would say, you know, if like uh, say the artist did a bunch of commercials, you know, the filmmaker that we're covering did a bunch of commercials, we'll cover stuff like that. We cover uh, uh, guest requests, or I'm sorry, like uh, patron requests. So a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that's um, you know pretty out there, pretty psychedelic stuff. You know, as I like to say, Eric, we let our hair down on the Patreon, mm. and I'm talking all of our hairs, baby. Oh yeah, I have one that just refuses to go down, mm-hmm. similar to alfalfa. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, all the rest of my hairs. They're down to my butt. Yeah, they're down, down, down to the ground. Um, 
So yeah, uh, I would heavily suggest that you go and get inside that ecosystem because it's a good ass time. I mean, it is like a, it is a, it is a good ass time, and I I don't say that lightly, you know. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's fun stuff. We're getting into the Christmas month, so we're of course going to be covering some Christmas movies mm. and things and. Uh, mm. Yeah, so anyway, Jeremy Goodfellers, we're talking about it. It's a movie by Martin Scorsese, of course, who is one of the two individuals this podcast is about. Uh, Give me your, you said you've seen Goodfellas twice before this? It has to be at least twice. Uh, Probably not twice in a row, but like twice in parts. But shamefully, I have not... uh, I've not seen this movie like a hundred times. A lot of people have seen this movie, you know, Eric, like a hundred times. Yes. Yeah. A lot. This is a lot of people's favorite movie. I feel like. Yeah, but, I think it's like a, a it's like a fair mo- pick to to be your favorite movie. It's not my favorite movie, but uh, I get it. I definitely get it. Yeah. I mean, I'll say after watching it this time, it's close. Uh, I I liked my uh. My, wa- my watch of it quite a bit. But I will say that going into the film, I remembered it from my 20s as being a little long. Like feeling mm. like the movie was really, really long. And that turned me, you know, not off completely, but I just remember thinking like when I had to sit down and watch this movie for the podcast, oh no, this is a long one. I better, I better make sure, you know, I better get comfortable. <laughs> Right, and, uh, right, right. Man, the time just sort of flew by. So I guess what I could say is, uh, yeah, man, it's um, it's one of those films that uh, that I'm 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 happy to revisit in my in my thirties, and I feel like I understand it even that much more now that I'm in this at this age, and I relate to a lot more of what's going on in the film because of that. What about you, Eric? What's your history with Goodfellas? I, I I know you're a casino nut, but are you a Goodfellas slut? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, and I do. I de- that is my license plate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, don't ask me how I was able to get that many uh, characters on it. Mm-hmm. You can get anything if you pay enough money. Um, you heard I, that in this movie. Yes. Yeah, this is one of those, I talk about this from time to time uh, when we discuss our history with movies, is this is one of the ones where I had been seeing the DVD or VHS cover for a long time um, at the movie store, and I was finally 16, and I could go, I could drive to Blockbuster and rent whatever the hell I wanted, and uh, Goodfellas was one of those. Goodfellas was one of those movies, and uh, I watched it. And I think I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it. You know, it's got like, um, it's got a lot of violence and drugs and, and things like that, that, you know, a teenager would certainly enjoy watching. But uh, I, it wasn't, it wasn't a particularly profound uh, experience. I then watched it, I guess I too have seen it twice. I then watched it uh, again, not until I was in L.A. I lived in L.A. This must have been four years ago or five years ago or something. Um, I had watched it again and and definitely appreciated it more. I will say I really like this movie. Just personal history and preference. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to watch a uh, Scorsese organized crime film, it's probably going to be Casino. Oh! Oh, burn you piece of shit, Goodfellas! You hate Goodfellas. A better movie, <laughs> but uh, I always knew you hated I, uh, Goodfellas. It, it's, Eric. it's just a personal, a personal uh, 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 preference. More Pesci. Give me his, Give me more Pesci. Mm. Is what I want. Yeah, your 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 rankings go like this in in this order: Home Alone, <laughs> Casino, yep. and then Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, I mean. Ray Liotta's great in this movie, but he's he's one of those guys who I'm like, I'm just not wild about Ray Liotta, to be honest with you. You have to forget he did anything after this, I think. Yeah, (laughs) I think, and it is kind of hard to do that when you've- Just watched Hubie Halloween. Come to this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I forgot he's in Hubie. Yeah, so uh, anyway, let's dive into this movie. So this is Goodfellas and- um, 
this is a film that came out in 1990, Jeremy. Yeah, it brought Isn't in the it brought in the decade. Going through the uh, we're going through the years here with Scorsese, and we're finally into the 90s. Mm. This is uh, it's interesting stuff. So, uh, Goodfellas, <laughs> biological crime film. Uh, it is based on New York crime reporter Nicholas Pileggi's book, Wise Guy. Mm-hmm. Scorsese did not intend to make another mob film, but he saw a review of the book, which he then read while working on the set of Color of Money in 86, which, by the way, we all know the uh, what the title of The Color of Money should be. Yeah. Right, Jeremy? Obviously. Green. <laughs> Uh, he had always been fascinated by mob lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, thought the book had an honest portrayal. Uh, so check this out. This, will, this is take. this is sort of on top of this. Uh, although he had sworn off making another gangster movie, after reading the book, he immediately cold called the writer and told him, "I've been waiting for this book my entire life." And Pelegi replied, "I've been waiting for this phone call my entire life." <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, that's what I say every time, um, every time, like, the, my, uh, health insurance company calls me. (laughs) Uh, Scorsese and Pelegi collaborated on the screenplay, and over the course of the 12 drafts it took to reach the ideal script, the report... Reporter realized the visual styling had to be completely redone, so they decided to share credit. Uh, so they basically used sections of the book. Um, mm. Does not follow a traditional narrative structure. What do you think of like the structure of this movie? Because this is yeah, you know, kind of similar yeah. to Casino and similar to other Scorsese's. I mean, way, this or? this is the this is the um, Trailblazer, though, right? Yeah, I mean, this I is the so. very first one. This is why we have movies like Boogie Nights. This is why we have movies like Pulp Fiction. I mean, it, and and even those movies, I feel like, are hack it, or not hack, but you know, they they've been done to death. They've been copied to mm-hmm. death since. You know, this is the probably for American cinema. This is the most copied to death movie probably of our of our lifetime. You know, something that came out within our our lifetime. It is, it is so well constructed yet it it also has this loose kind of feeling to it but i think you know the more you drill down into the structure of this film you realize it's so tight that you know you remove one element of the film and it just all you know the whole thing might unravel i i think i i think that i've never been more impressed and as someone who's been editing a short film which i'm 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 hoping to debut soon um, you know, as I'm rounding the corner towards finishing it and looking back and sort of reflecting on what the process was like to edit that thing. I mean, Eric, it is, it's hard enough just to edit a story, like a very simple story. So when you see something like this put together, it's like, what the f- kind of jigsaw puzzle <laughs> bullshit is this? It's crazy. It's so crazy. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I, I know that it's been talked to death, right? Like that, Goodfellas is one of the greats. But yeah, man, I think what really cements it as being one of the greats is how it presents itself structurally. And I know Casino does it too, and a lot of other films like that come after it do it. You know, Heat kind of does it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you got to give it up for how how well paced and well and how well this movie flows from one thing to the next. I mean, it truly. It truly moves at a at a at a rhythm that I think uh, justifies its runtime. But I don't know. What do you think about the structure? I like it. I definitely like it. It's um. I don't know. This kind of like um. This kind of uh, uh structure doesn't always work for me necessarily, but it does in this in this case can you think of a movie um, where it doesn't work i because i i agree with you in, in the wrong hands i feel like this is not ideal but what what what's hmm. a movie that you can think of hmm. something that takes place over like a long period of time you know sure characters boyhood are, <laughs> boy, yeah characters are aging you know it's like 
it's like narrated it, you know there's a lot of things about it that i feel like could yeah, go I wrong mean, like, a lot of biopics really yeah yeah this is kind of a biopic like a really a really messed up biopic <laughs> Um, so once De Niro agreed to play Conway, Scorsese was able to secure the money needed to make the film, which by the way, the budget, let's see here, 25 million. Jeez. I feel like that's so low. (laughs) It is very low. And it only made 47 million at the box office, believe it or not. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, Apparently Al Pacino was, uh, offered the role of Jimmy Conway. But turned it down. He didn't want to be typecast. Uh, According to Henry Hill, whose life was the basis for the book and film, Joe Pesci's portrayal of Tommy DeSimone was 90 to 99% accurate, with one notable exception. The real Tommy was massively built. Massively built? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's like, yeah, everything's true except for I was like more muscular and big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how would you feel if like there was a bu- a movie about your life or there was like a movie and you were, you were portrayed in it and Joe Pesci was playing you? Oh, man, I'd be honored, but I would be confused. <laughs> I would be like, <laughs> yeah. but why? Uh, yeah, I'd be honored, too, because Joe Pesci rocks, but I'd also, like, question my own uh, character and <laughs> my just, like, my own uh, uh, personality. <laughs> Wait, that's me? Uh, De Niro wanted to use real money for the scene where Jimmy hands out money because he didn't like the way fake money felt in his hands. The prop master gave De Niro 5000 of his own money. At the end of each take, no one was allowed to leave the set until all the money was returned and counted. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> De Niro's like getting a little crazy here, I love in my it. opinion. I love it. He, he kind of goes crazy in this movie, no? Yeah. Um... The how fun how am I funny scene, uh, which by the way, a little snippet of that is in our uh, theme song. Yeah, uh, is based on something that actually happened to Joe Pesci while working in a restaurant. A young Pesci apparently told a mobster that he was funny, a compliment that was met with less than enthusiastic response. Pesci relayed the anecdote to Scorsese, who decided to include it in the film. Scorsese didn't include the scene in the shooting script, so that Pesci and Leota's interactions would elicit genuine surprise. It's uh, cool, right? Yeah, Pesci did not uh, get shot in the foot, though. <laughs> in the real life scenario. Wow! Did you know that some mobsters were hired as extras? I did uh, know that. Authentic- yeah, yeah. Authenticity? Yeah. Did you know that cool. this film was nominated for Best Picture in 1991? And the other films nominated. This is kind of crazy. You want to hear what they are? Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, hold on. Sorry. Let me get there. Best picture. Okay. It was Goodfellas. Godfather Part 3 was actually nominated for Best Picture. Ghost. <laughs> the movie with Patrick Swayze. Awakenings, which is another De Niro film. And the winner was Dances with Wolves. <laughs> Interesting. I feel like Goodfellas is not only the clear uh, <laughs> standout and winner of this list, but um, yeah, I just kind of feel like this is like an embarrassing one where it's like... So obviously yeah. one of these films is just skyrocketing above the rest. Um, I t- I've still never seen Dances with Wolves and uh, I think I'm not going to. Yeah, why would you? I, I don't, <laughs> that can't be good, right? I mean, maybe it is, but it can't be, right? <laughs> right. Studio was initially very nervous about Goodfellas due to its extreme violence and language. 
Uh, it reportedly received the worst preview uh, response in the studio's history. Scorsese said that the numbers were so low, it was funny. <laughs> what do you think good. of that? I think it's funny. It's like a David Lynch story. Yeah. It's like how all of David Lynch's movies, uh, that's like the same bit of trivia for all David Lynch's movies. It's like, yeah, yeah. everyone hated it when they screened it. Right. Um, um, I I think that's that's pretty apropos. After Joe Pesci's mother saw the film, she told him the movie was so good, then asked him if he had to curse so much. <laughs> Ray Liotta turned down the part of Harvey Dent in Batman 1989 to make this movie. That's the smartest choice ever. That is so smart. Yeah, that so. that role is has like three lines of dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, while driving to and from the set, Leota listened to cassettes of interviews uh, Pelegi did with Henry Hill. Leota noted that Hill casually discussed murders and other crimes while eating potato chips. What do you think of that? Love it. Well, I don't hey, love Jeremy, it. I mean, that if sucks. If I ever but. go to uh, prison, will you wear a big trench coat in and smuggle in like baguettes and stuff for sure, me? Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, food only though. Food and yeah, guns. Yeah. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> okay. Edible guns. Well, yeah, gummy guns. GGS. Uh... This I would like to know more about this, but according to Scorsese, Marlon Brando tried to persuade him not to make the film. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? I don't know. Well, I'm glad he didn't listen to good old Marlon Brando. Um, we're getting into some of the minute details. What do you say we dive in to the ding dang plot? I mean, yeah. In 1955, a young Hank Hill becomes enamored of the criminal life and mafia presence in his working-class Italian-American neighborhood in Brookline. Brookline? Brookline. <laughs> he begins working for local regime. <laughs> Caper, caper regime. Oh, God. Oh, God. This episode's uh, toast. Cap, <laughs> Capori <laughs> Gaim. Uh, Paul Pauly Cicero and his associates James Jimmy Conway, an Irish mm-hmm. American truck hijacker and gangster, and Tommy DeVito, a fellow juvenile delinquent. Jeremy, what do you think is happening over here? Well... That's my that was one of the first things that I noticed like kind of right away is obviously the way this film starts which I think um I didn't really remember that it started sort of in media res with like a, a situation the situation of them burying that body which is sort of you know I I'd forgotten that that is really kind of the the linchpin in this entire film It's Isn't, good it's like one of the best it's like the quickest you could possibly get drawn into a story too. Oh god. Right away. It's so compelling to start that yeah. way. Yeah, you're right. But um I also thought this film for being one of the all-timers like it it starts out in almost a very indie film way. Like that like kind of like you know, text scrolling of like Martin Scorsese film, you know, uh good fellas all in red text and like kind of like does like a wipe by the screen. <laughs> like it sort of just felt like, I don't know, like just this like cool, small indie film. It's, it's really heavy obviously. And uh, you know, you're looking at Robert De Niro. So you you know, your mind's already thinking, okay, I'm watching something important, but yeah, it just, I, I, I just love how this film starts. It takes you in a moment in the story about halfway through. Then it goes back and back and back. The camera works great. The red light on the uh, um, car lighting them up in all red is great. You know, super violent right away, letting you know what you're going to get into. Very fun. Um, I don't know. What was your impression of the intro this time? 
Uh, it, it had been long enough where I had kind of forgotten mm-hmm. where we pick up and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, uh, yeah, locked in right away. Really, uh, really compelling stuff. You know, some of these Scorsese movies, um, it takes a bit. It takes a little bit to, to really get into it. This one, he, 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 I, 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 this, the, the in media res bit definitely works in his favor in this one. And, right. uh. Yeah, and also just like the character, you just like, I don't know, like all these guys are like um, classic like mob guys, but they're distinct enough, you know what I mean? And the part of that's casting and part of that's writing is they're like, you're like, oh, these guys are all like horrible mob people, but each one has, has their own like weird quirks and things and is like their own flaws and stuff. And you kind of, I don't know, you, you, I, you become uh, f- immediately fast, or at least I become immediately fascinated with the characters. And, and um, there's like a sick part of me when I'm watching this movie where, uh, you know, at the beginning of this where I was like, I can't wait to see all the bad stuff these guys do. You know what I mean? Right. Like it, uh, it just really sets, uh, like you said, it just really sets up, sets the tone for a very violent movie. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, um, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Henry begins as a fence for Jimmy. Oh, gradually what? working. I thought he was a person. <laughs> Jeremy, a fence, also known as a receiver, mover, or moving man, is an individual who knowingly buys stolen goods in order to later resell them for profit. Got See, that's it. what okay. I've been doing with uh, DVD copies of Bedazzled <laughs> for years. That's how I've made my millions. Perfect. Uh, gradually working his way up to a more to more serious crimes, uh, like jaywalking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and literally. <laughs> like becoming a mailbox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the three associates spend most of their nights in the 1960s at at the Copacabana nightclub uh, carousing with women. I uh, guess. Henry, yeah, I guess that's what they kind of start doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like, yeah, it's more like, it's more like the next sentence is true. Henry starts. Uh, Henry dating starts again. dating Karen Friedman, a Jewish woman who is initially troubled by Henry's criminal activities, but is eventually seduced by his glamorous lifestyle. She marries him despite her parents' disapproval. Yeah, one of the all-time great film couples here. And I gotta say I'd too, say so. their their fights are really intense, like really shocking. I think by today's standards, to see a man and a woman fighting like that on screen. Like I was like I was taken aback more than one time in this movie watching them. Like like at one point he like hurls a lamp at her and she barely ducks out of the way to miss it. And I know that they choreo in my mind I know they choreographed it, right? Like like he wasn't really going to hurt her. There, there, she was never in any danger, but like I just feel like the the way this movie is shot is so dirty. It kind of like <laughs> It, it's shocking. I don't know. You just, I, I mean, I, the, the old, the old adage goes, you know, they don't make them like this anymore. And I, I do think there's something to that. Like they really don't make movies like this anymore. <laughs> like, oh no. Like what? What was the last movie you saw where a man and a woman fought and and he, you know, at like this? Uh, I gotta say, probably. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see here. In 1970, Billy Batts, a ma- a made man in the Gambino crime family who was recently released from prison, repeatedly insults Tommy at a nightclub owned by Henry. Tommy and Jimmy then beat, stab, and shoot Billy to death. Uh, I'm trying so to remember who plays crazy. <laughs> Billy Bats. Who plays Billy Bats? Just like an old mob guy. I mean, it's it's oh, okay. it's right. It's like I I I didn't I don't I don't remember his uh, his name is Frank Vincent. Okay, actor. Yeah, he's great. He's amazing. Get your shine box. This is the whole shine box sequence talking about Tommy being a, a shoe shine. 
and him really ah, not yes. liking that. They, they they plant little seeds, obviously, early on through in the movie. Uh, one of them being the, are you, uh, you know, am I funny? Why am I funny scene? Um, mm-hmm. that, that he's a psychopath. Like, not just like the other guys. He has, like, probably, like, some sort of mental illness or something like he's uh, he is uh you know there's like the rules where everyone can like i guess whack a guy based on rules but tommy goes outside of that and i think they do a really good job of like gearing up to this moment and this moment is like the where he crosses the line and um he'll do this a couple more times throughout the film and I don't know. I just feel like they do a really good job of making this really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty, pretty blue, pretty brutal. Um, man, it would suck to hang out with like Joe Pet to be friends with Joe Pesci's character in this movie. That's what I was just, thinking. Like, always, like, yeah. You never know when he's gonna just snap and kill someone. And like the apathy they seem to have towards him is pretty shocking. Like, Jimmy and Henry, like, yes, they realize in the moment that he's a psycho, but then they just kind of keep hanging out with him. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, but like, like as if they don't even remember or something. It's it's a strange, it's a strange thing. I, I wonder had, if I was in this situation, what I would be thinking, or if I would just kind of glaze over and, you know, just harden up and not care. Uh, the unsanctioned murder of a made man invites retribution. Realizing this, Jimmy, Henry, and Tommy cover up the murder by burying the body in upstate New York. Uh, six months later, however, Jimmy learns that the burial site is slated for development, prompting them to exhume and relocate the decomposing corpse. It's the very funny <laughs> uh, sequence of them being like, "Not, nah, we got to go back. Yeah. Uh, in 1974, Karen harasses Jeremy's mistress, Janice, and threatens What the hell? Henry. I'm in here? Huh? You said Karen harasses Jeremy's mistress, Janice? Did I say that? Yeah. Karen harasses Henry's mistress. Oh, maybe you died. Yeah, maybe I just heard Jeremy. Karen harasses Henry's mistress, Jeremy, and threatens, <laughs> <laughs> threatens Henry at gunpoint. <laughs> Henry moves in with Janice... But Polly insists that he should return to Karen after collide, uh, collecting a debt from a gambler in Tampa. Yeah. Um, da, 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 da. Lorraine Bracco. Very good in this uh, in this film. Uh, just going absolutely nuts. Yeah. Um, so the. It's hard. It's hard. I was gonna. I'm trying trying to find a weak point in this movie, and it's definitely not this part. <laughs> this is yeah. like one of the all time greats. But I do think the Janice stuff before this is kind of boring. You know, just like him, like kind of schmoozing around with this girl, other lady. But the way it turns out, I mean, the scene with the gun is just so perfect, and. Like De Niro and Polly showing up to his place to kind of be to like save his marriage is also very funny. Like, yeah, like, like marriage counseling. Uh, good stuff all around. Um, but Polly insists that he should return to Karen after collecting a debt from a gambler in Tampa with Jimmy. Uh, upon returning, Jimmy and Henry are arrested after being turned in by the gambler's sister, an FBI typist, uh, and they receive 10-year prison sentences. Uh, in order to support his family on the outside, Henry has drugs smuggled in by Karen. Dr- they should, uh, for clarification, Henry has drugs and baguettes smuggled in by Karen and sells them to a fellow inmate from Pittsburgh. Uh, I think Pittsburgh is comes up in Casino too. I think they like really? go to Pittsburgh. And casino Pittsburgh must be like the magic, like the wizard, like the land of Oz or something. Yeah, the land of baguettes. Uh, in nineteen, 19- you know, baguettes grow out of the ground over there. Is that right? Could you imagine you could just go into a field and like grab a baguette from the ground? <laughs> yeah, that'd be sick. I take a little little tiny hand shovel out there with me. 
<laughs> Wiping yeah. my brow with a baguette. <laughs> uh, in 1978, <laughs> Henry is paroled and expands his cocaine business with Jimmy and Tommy. Against Polly's orders, uh, Jimmy later organizes a crew to raid the Lufthansa vault <laughs> at John F. Kennedy International <laughs> Airport, stealing $6 million in cash and jewelry. Uh, after some members purchase expensive items against Jimmy's orders and the getaway truck is found by police, he has most of the crew murdered yeah, while Tommy this and is, Henry are spared. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the big... This is the moment, and it's it's kind of halfway through the movie. Uh, it's like... Uh, you've seen The Godfather, right, Eric? Oh, yeah. Right, so you know the end where he, like, has every other mob boss killed. <laughs> like... The big climax of that movie is just like the halfway point of this movie where you just see, you know, the aftermath of like, you know, I mean, some of some of our best friends murdered. Um, nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mike Starr. Yeah, Jeremy. Dead as Frenchie. He's from uh, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Uh, in 1979, Tommy is uh, deceived into believing he is becoming a made man and is murdered on the way to the ceremony, uh, partly as retribution for Bats's murder. It's weird. Weird how I get like sad. <laughs> I'm like sad when Tommy dies. Yeah, just like one of the worst guys ever. I'm like, oh man, Tommy, he's gone. Uh, Jeremy, I don't know if you can hear it. But there has been this helicopter hovering over my <laughs> uh, apartment all day. It, and it's out there yeah? right now. What? And uh, I don't know what the heck is going on. Is this real? Are you yeah. Are you being... Are, are you being... Uh, Hold on. Stalked by gonna, the FBI? Hold on. Just just in case, I'm going to go dump all of my bootleg bedazzled DVDs down the toilet. You better get them out of here. Flush them, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by 1980, Henry develops a drug habit and becomes a paranoid wreck. Uh, he sets up another drug deal with his Pittsburgh associates, but is arrested by narcotics agents and jailed. Uh, after bailing him out, Karen explains that she flushed 60 grand worth of <laughs> cocaine down the toilet to prevent the FBI agents from finding it during their raid, leaving them penniless. Uh, feeling betrayed Henry's uh, by Henry's drug dealing, Polly gives him $3,200 and ends their association. Which is kind of... F- it's The fact that Henry then rats him out is f***ing crazy. Like yeah. that, that like as as much as you know, the film does a good job. I think of like making this a complicated scenario, and that you feel sort of multiple things. Like I feel most bad for Polly. I feel less bad, obviously, for Robert De Niro, but more bad for <laughs> Paul Sorvino, who really gave him the benefit of the doubt. They actually gave him three thousand dollars and let him live. You know. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Lost my damn, lost my damn spot. Henry realizes uh, that Jimmy plans to have him killed and and Karen killed, prompting his decision to become an informant and enroll with his family into the witness protection program. Great scene, by the way, with uh, when Karen, uh, when when uh, De Niro's like telling Karen to go like over to the he's basically like she catches on but he's like leading her on to get killed basically right and she she like squeals away uh that yeah, is that's a, a very that's intense an intense scene, scene. yeah love it mm-hmm. uh henry gives sufficient uh testimony and evidence to have paulie and jimmy convicted and is later uh living in a nondescript neighborhood unhappy to leave his exciting gangster life uh, to live as a boring, average schnook. Schnook, baby. 
A boring average schnook. Uh, let's see here. The end title cards state that as of 1990, when the film was released, Henry is still a witness, a protected witness, but that he was arrested in 87 in Seattle for a narcotics conspiracy. Henry receives five years of probation, but has since been clean. He and Karen separated in 89 while Polly died the previous year in Fort Worth Federal Prison for from respiratory illness. Jimmy is serving a 20-year-to-life sentence in a New York prison for murder and would be eligible for parole in 2004. Ooh, woo! Hot diggity dog. Anyway, what do you think? <laughs> eh. I like it better the first time when it was called... Uh, it was called Mean Streets. No, I don't know. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. This movie's great. Um, it's great, and it is sort of this film when you're watching it that you can't help but like feel the time and place. Not just that the film is um, about, but that, but when the film was released. It's got this like 90s, it establishes kind of the look of films in the 90s. I don't know if that makes sense, but like Pulp Fiction kind of looks like this movie and Bookie Nights looks like this movie and, uh, you know, a hundred other movies look like this movie. Babe, Pig in the City. Babe, Pig in the City. Uh, uh, Babe, uh, Lost in New York. Um, Gordy. (laughs) The other <laughs> pig movie. Um, yeah, I I think this film somehow, in my little neck of the woods, is underrated for as well-loved and talked about as it is. Um, I don't think I would think that way about a lot of the most highly regarded and highly rated f- films. I don't know. I just, f- I don't know. I think maybe I would be... Um, Maybe I think a lot of films are perfectly rated or overrated in, in a lot of ways, but this film somehow is both over and underrated at the same time. People love it. It's it's a hot topic T-shirt. Every every uh, rapper has this poster in his house. You know, it's uh, it's so wildly regarded. At the same time, I think it's still very, very good and surprising. And you can always kind of pull something new out of it. I pulled a lot new out of it this time. It was a very rewarding rewatch for me. And maybe just because I'm writing so high on that, but uh, if you're asking me in terms of Chucky Freckles, mm. what I give this film, <sighs> I cannot tell a lie, Eric. Okay. I'm going to give it a 1.25 out of 4. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> a <laughs> very fair. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's a, it's, it's a 4 out of 4 for me. It might go down, but for now it's a 4 Booyah. out of 4. Perfect film. Booyah. Yeah. What about you? Jeremy, I uh, I like this movie. It's one of those movies that uh, it's just, I think you're, I, I think the praise and the uh, the adoration, the admiration for this, this movie is, is warranted. Um, it is kind of, I feel like I, I, seeing it in the context of the Scorsese filmography is is nice too because we we kind of took a break from 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 you know some of these themes uh, in the past couple movies and to come back into the you know the mob world and just uh, just really make one of the one of the better movies you can make it, 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 it's cool to see and I um, I'm looking forward to to some more of these kinds of movies from Scorsese uh, I will say. Yeah, I have nothing negative to say about this movie. I really, I, I really don't. I, uh, I honestly was like, a movie like this that is just like so uh, talked about, and, and that a movie that like people worship. I'm always in the back of my mind, kind of thinking like, well, what is like? There's got to be like a flaw here. And I really didn't find anything. Like, there's really, like, it's such, it's a captivating movie. It's not like a movie that I would 
sit down and watch, uh, you know, over and over. But it's a movie that I really appreciate. I had, I, I think this was my favorite viewing yet. And, uh, it's definitely a movie that I'll watch again in my lifetime. And it's a, uh, it's great. Uh, I think it's wonderful. I will give it a 1.25 out of four. (laughs) Perfect. Kidding. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I'll give it a four out of four. Why the hell not? Yeah, why not, huh? It's a party over here in the four out of four land. I mean, what else are you going to give a four out of four to, if not Goodfellas, for Christ's sake? Well, I could tell you what else I've given a four out of four to just as soon as I go back and recompile all of my scores <laughs> because the uh, you know Word document that I was using has vanished. So vanished, yeah. I had to pull out yeah. mine, uh, mine too. Mine are in a different yeah. computer. But man, I think I've been given Billy Madison, Raging Bull, and this a four out of four. All fair. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, what do you like better, this or Billy Madison? <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, Billy Madison. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely shorter, which is in its yeah, favor. That is true. That is true. Uh, anyway. Jeremy, what do we have next? Because we're getting into some murky territory with the Sandler filmography. Oh, no. Oh, no. What's next? Uh, Let's see here. Adam Sandler filmography, and we just did Eight Crazy Nights. Uh, So we are getting into... Anger management, right? Yeah. We're not doing the hot chick because he plays... Yeah, no. I mean, we might do that for, you know. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Anger management, yeah. Nice. Cool. A little Nicholson, a little Sandler. Goose Fraba. Eric. Huh? Is that a quote (laughs) from that movie? Just just remember that. Goose Fraba. And then when you watch the movie, you're going to be laughing your ass off thinking about this joke I made. Man, I can't wait to see Mayor New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani's uh, oh, cameo yes. Big in time Anger cameos. Management. They uh, loved him in this movie. Yeah, this was like just after nine eleven, though. So I mean, he was everyone's hero. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was in all the movies in two thousand two and three. Uh, anyway. Jeremy, anything you want to say uh, to the people before we sign the heck off? No way. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Spanks for listening. And Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. Mm-hmm.